The Voyage of the Page Turner. Episode 14. The Case of the Silk King. Well, hello. Welcome to Voyage of the Page Turner, the choose-your-own-page-turning podcast with me, as always, comedian Colin Lego. This is a very special episode. Why? Well, it's the first episode where we have a returning guest. Yes, in the words of Eminem, guess who's back? Back again. Rob is back. Tell a friend. Don't say it like that, because they'll think you're weird. But yes, Rob. Rob Tofield is back. He was my first Voyager back 14 episodes ago. I can't believe we've been going 14 episodes. Amazing. Thank you to everyone who's listened so far. And again, like Eminem, tell a friend. Tell your friends. If you think they might enjoy an hour of escapism every week, then tell them about the show and point them in the right direction of all the social media at Page Turner Show on Twitter, Instagram, uh, MySpace... <laughs> Don't do MySpace. We're not going back in time. Anyway, very excited. Not only is Rob my first returning guest, but he's also my best mate. So we had a lot of fun recording this, and I'm sure you will too. So here it is, me and Rob, in episode 14 of Voyage of the Page Turner. In a first for this so-called podcast, we welcome a returning guest in the form of Mr. Rob Tofield. Rob started performing comedy back in 1998, when he and Colin met at De Montfort University. Their very first sketch show, Cheese and Scrumpy, debuted at the 2000 Leicester Comedy Festival, and the double act went on to be known on the circuit for their unique style of sketch comedy, and Rob's uncanny resemblance to a much younger Phil Mitchell. No stranger to the perils of the voyage of the page-turner, Rob returns, having been shot by tiger poachers during his first visit. Can he last longer and do better this time? It's highly unlikely, isn't it? Mr. Rob Tofield, welcome back to Voyage of the Page Turner. What does it feel to be returning back to your spiritual home? Uh, I feel I'm back once again, like a, a renegade master. Mm. D4 damage with the ill behaviour. So that's a reference for anyone over 40. Yeah. Uh, you were the very first Voyager back uh, 14 episodes ago when, I mean, I didn't really know how this podcast was going to turn out. You were my guinea pig. Would you say you had a successful first voyage? Well, no. <laughs> I think, what did I last about? Eight minutes or something? Something like that. Yeah, it was... We did about ten pages and I died. It was a shame because I was all very excited. Oh, it's the first book. It's the Abominable... I can't say Abominables. I can't say it. Yay! What is it? The Abominable... The Abominable... I can't... I literally can't say it. The (laughs) Abominable... Abominable Snowman. It's the Abominable Snowman. I was all very excited. We're going to see a a Yeti. We're going to meet the Bigfoot. And we never did. You got shot by poachers within about three choices. Yeah. And that kind of paved the way a little bit to how these books work. They often don't... You don't get to the meat of what the title is offering you, you know. But it's a shame. I was pleased to hear that about the next two or three guests also had fairly short adventures. Mm, yeah. So I, I felt a bit better with that. But we've mm. got you back. And uh, how's your life been for the last 14 weeks since your first appearance? Done much? Well... <laughs> 
So the adventures I've had since that that last adventure. Mm. Um, well, I found a corner shop that sold the uh, limited edition cherry Jaffa cakes. That's been my biggest adventure. Oh, now the cherry Jaffa yeah. cake. Um, you, yeah. you see, I would say that is wrong, but you tell me off air that they are quite nice. They are lush, and mm. yeah, I mean, I went in. They had the normal ones. They had the cherry ones, they mm. had the uh, pineapple ones. Obviously, the pineapple went on the floor. That can do one. <laughs> wait, uh, no, wait, wait. The cherry, though. Wait a second. Wait a second. So, a pineapple Jaffa cake is a step too far? <laughs> wrong. It's wrong. Just sticking wrong. It's like putting it on pizza. No. You don't put no. Jaffa cakes on pizza, Rob. You don't put Jaffa cakes on pizza. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but... Um, I'm not a big fan, generally, of cherry and chocolate. I just don't think it mixes very well. Ah, this does on this occasion. Mm. I'd definitely recommend it. Give it wow. a go. Wow. So Try it, you might like it. I mean, we've said that there are no winners, really, in lockdown, but I think we've found one. You know, you, you've discovered <laughs> a new uh, culinary delight. Yeah, it's been amazing. Mm. Last time you were here, we didn't really talk about our adventures that we've had together, because uh, we met. Mm. We met uh, when we were at university, when life is full of adventures. And uh, leading up to this podcast, I was trying to think of some of the adventures we have had. Do any spring to mind that we can tell on air without like feeling ashamed or guilty of anything? I've got a few that I'd like to share, um, but see if you can come up with any <laughs> adventures. Adventures was any time we went to Gloucester. Oh, yeah. We had a couple of gigs. There was a guy that ran some comedy nights down in Gloucester, mm. and every time we went there, something went wrong. <laughs> we turned up for one of those gigs, and we went into the venue and was like, Christ, this is rough. Mm. And then I remember us sitting in the car, waiting to go on, and sat in the car going through our lines, and someone got punched out of the doors of the pub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And landed on my bonnet, mm. and we had to literally, as you could hear the MC go, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Colin and Rob! <laughs> and we were literally stepping over an unconscious man <laughs> to get to the stage. I mean... As we were doing our set, you could see blue lights of an ambulance going off behind us. <laughs> Knockout comedy. It was quite an adventure. I felt scared that night. I was very scared that evening. And what made it worse was um, not many people or if anyone will remember this. If you uh, knew me and Rob um, when we were doing our double act... Uh, I, I, wonder, I won't say when it was because it will just age us but we started off we did a routine mm. where we started off you know looking fairly normal we just had a, a shirt on and looking fairly uh, like a normal double act and then halfway through we would whip our whip our shirts off and we would be wearing nipple tassels and I and I remember that we were in your car sticking the tassels on as there was this fight <laughs> breaking out around us in the car park. And we're just sat there trying to look so inconspicuous whilst wearing tassels. 
Now, last time, I do talk to my guests about their uh, snacks and stuff they have on their journeys. Last time we talked, uh, you were talking, you were saying about your lunchbox, in which I said, things seem to remember you said that a a cherry yogurt or a yogurt of some kind Mm. often featured in your lunchboxes. I wanted to remind you of something that you used to snack on and probably still do, which I always found weird. Now, would you like to tell people? If you go to McDonald's, Rob, as a child or as yeah. an adult, is there any weird combinations of things that shouldn't go together that you do put together? McDonald's chips and milkshake. Now, it's it's yeah. fine to have chips and milkshake, and you eat your chips and you drink mm-hmm. your milkshake. What do you do? You dip, you dip a French fry in a strawberry milkshake. It's amazing. Now, that is just disgusting. <laughs> No, absolutely nothing wrong with that. I stand by that. Wow. I'm still, I still also dip my toast in my coffee. Don't be, don't nothing wrong be, with that. This is awful. Most things can be improved by dipping them. <laughs> well, <laughs> is that your Tinder profile? Um, yeah. Right. Uh, I, ju- I just don't. I, I mean, if anyone's listening and agrees with Rob, then stop listening to the podcast. Um, but it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's, I know, but it's just not. It's not. You can't mess with nature Rob you can't mess with the purity of a McDonald's <laughs> chip in a, in a McDonald's milkshake it's just rancid put it out there I, I, I guarantee you will have some listener support in me it's it's more common than you think well look you're back on Voyage of the Page Turner and I'm very excited you're here the reason we've got you in for book 14 A I wanted to get you back to have a proper adventure B you are back with book 14 because on the front of the book which is the case of the Silk King uh, there is a picture of a tiger and last time you oh, were for... <laughs> Last time you were killed by tiger poachers. So, um, how does that make you feel? So this time I kill the tiger poachers. <laughs> I'm back for revenge, definitely. Yeah, Case of the Silk King. Um, and it is the second book by Shannon Gilligan. We've moved away from R.A. Montgomery. What can I tell you about a Case of the Silk King? Um, like I said, front cover has a picture of a tiger. The tiger is in long grass. Looks like he's coming towards... The reader looking very angry. Uh, there's 19, 19 possible endings. I'm sure you will find the one death. <laughs> the quickest. The quickest <laughs> death. Right, well, well, let's do this. Are you ready to get into this uh, Case of the Silk King in episode 14? Come on, dive in. 80s Hippopotamus reference there. Hippopotamus. <laughs> right, well, let's not try and die within the first 10 minutes in this episode 14 of Voyage of the Page Turner. Here is 1982, and an anonymous package arrives in the mail. It contains a clipping from the Bangkok Post, a plane ticket to Thailand, and $2,000 to help you in your search for a man who disappeared without a trace. Could he still be alive? Should you travel to Thailand to find out? One wrong move, and maybe you could go missing too. So... It sounds like you are either a detective, Rob, or someone has just randomly sent you $2,000 and said, can you help find this guy? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, yeah, it's definitely, I'm I'm famed for my detective work. So, yeah, 
Mm. Yeah, they, they, they've got yeah. the right man for the job here. When you were younger, lots of mm. uh, people when they were younger started up like detective agencies with them and their best mate or whatever. Did you ever do that? Did you ever like that spy business, James Bond espionage stuff on the streets of Stevenage? No, wasn't into that. Me and my best friend Brian set up. Uh, we set up <laughs> our own uh, disco in my bedroom. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. he'd bring around his record player, I'd bring around mine, and uh, yeah, that's the kind of camp child I was. <laughs> oh, now is this, so this was Rob and Brian, and I remember you telling me about this, Rob and Brian yeah. didn't think that Rob and Brian was a very cool double act name for DJs, so what did you call yourself, Rob? I was Bill, he was Pete. <laughs> Bill and Pete. Bill and Pete's <laughs> disco. Stephen Edge is down to earth, no messing about. Bill and Pete on the decks. Because Rob and Brian, that's just mm. too too uncool. But Bill and Pete. Bill yeah. and Pete, they're proper men's names as eight-year-old boys. <laughs> Before. I think I was probably wanted to be Bill Sykes. All right, well, let's get into this and see what's happening with this missing man. Are you willing to take okay. on the challenge? Oh, yes. Here we go. Remember, this book was written in 1986. Uh, and um, the first line is... It's March 26, 1982. So it's set four years before it was written. You sit at your desk reading the morning papers. You keep up with the news because you find current events fascinating, but it is also important in your work. An uninformed detective, especially with international cases, is hardly a good detective. You note that President Ronald Reagan has made strong statements about the recent Russian offensive in Afghanistan. (laughs) As you browse through the paper, you see an article, 15th anniversary of the disappearance of the Silk King. There are many kings left in the world, and that's just one you haven't heard of. (laughs) I just thought, do you think the Silk King is a bit like the Tiger King? I think they're very similar. So, because there is a tiger on the front of this book. Whoa, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Did he preempt the future here? So this guy uh, messed with Carol Baskin and she's got rid of him, surely. Hang on, it's the Silk King, Carol Baskin's husband. Oh, wow. Wow, we have blown this out the water. Right, okay. I've, I've solved this already. We can finish now. Okay, you look up as the screen door snaps. It's Sam, your secretary, carrying several pieces of mail. Anything interesting, you ask? Just this, he replies, handing you a plain brown envelope. You look the envelope over. The address of your detective agency has been neatly typed out. Hmm... That's odd, you say. There's no return address. Whatever is inside, you hope it's about the new case. It's been almost a year and a half since you solved the case of the missing tea bowl you discovered in the Chinese mafia ring. That case received international attention. So when you and your folks moved back to the States... Ah, okay, so you're American. You had no problem getting detective work. But lately, things have been pretty slow. The highlight of your summer so far has been finding a lost cat... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the ups and downs of being an international detective. One minute you're searching for a tea bowl, and then the next minute a cat. Mm. It's, yeah, swings around the wheels. <laughs> no, you found them a few years ago. Yeah. Okay. Holy crow, Sam exclaims as you rip open the envelope. Two $1,000 bills, a plane ticket, and a newspaper article flutter slowly to the desk. It looks like a job to me, you say, smiling in your best American accent. And I think it has something to do with this. You pick up the article. 
Sam peers over your shoulder as you read the newspaper article. It tells an incredible story about the appearance of a man named Jim Thompson, sometimes known as the Thai Silk King. You glance back to your paper. So that's the king. What a coincidence that you were reading the very same thing in the paper when Sam came in with the letter. It's almost like an omen. You wonder if it's a good or bad omen. You read on. Thompson was an American OSS agent who stayed on in Thailand at the end of the Second World War. He started silk weaving business that grew wildly, far beyond anyone's expectations. He had many friends and entertained frequently. In fact, Jim Thompson led a seemingly charmed life until one fateful day in 1967. He was vacationing over Easter with friends in the highlands of Malaysia when he suddenly disappeared without a trace. Despite an intensive search involving hundreds of volunteers, no one has a single clue where he is and he was never found. Then last week, two photos in a small Thai village market arrived in the offices of the Bangkok Post in an envelope with no return address. The envelope was postmarked the 1st of March. In the background of both photos was an elderly Caucasian man dressed like a Buddhist monk. The paper's editor noticed that this man looked like Thompson and invited several people who had known Jim Thompson uh, to look at the pictures. Despite the fact that Thompson had been declared legally dead by the Thai court in 1974, everyone who saw the photo felt sure the monk was none other than Thompson himself. Thompson's friends have offered a $100,000 reward for any further information leading to his recovery, and the photos have been placed on display in the offices of the Bangkok Post. So, what are you thinking, Rob? Is this Jim Thompson? You don't know, but what do you think? Well, it's not a very cunning disguise, is it? Just shaving your head. Turning into a monk, that's, that's not, a, not a great disguise. People normally add beards and things. I was going to say, if you remember Beadle's About from back in the 1980s, Jeremy Beadle, he had to put on hats, beards, glasses. I, I used to love it. He always used to put a false beard on top of his beard. Yeah, double beard. What a strange story, Sam exclaims. Yes, especially that part about Thompson being in the OSS, you add. Well, what is the OSS, Sam asks, because he wants more information and no choices. It stands for Office of Strategic Services, you reply. Later, it turned into the CIA. You mean Thompson was once a spy? Probably. Maybe he was rubbed out by old enemies, Sam suggests. One thing's for sure. I'll have to find out more about Jim Thompson before I leave. But you won't have any time if you're planning to use that ticket, Sam says. Your flight leaves for Bangkok tonight. Tonight, you say, reaching for your ticket. But I hardly know anything about the case or who's sending me there or why. Yes, but six days have already passed since the photos were identified, Sam says. If you don't leave now, you may never have a chance for that reward. Now, Rob... Here is your mm. first choice. And please let me remind you, Rob, that if you are making the choices and you live and die by them. Now, you could leave for Bangkok straight away. Like now. Or you could decide to leave it until the morning, put it off for a while and get some more information on Jim Thompson. I think we've got a fair bit of information on it. Well, we haven't. We seem to have a lot without actually saying much. I could wait for the internet to be invented uh, no uh, I think 
I think let's throw caution to the wind oh, no. and head off to Bangkok. This is what happened last time. He threw caution to the wind and got shot. <laughs> that is also true. But listen, I, 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 I like I like the attitude. Just going for it. Yeah, I mean, how much would I discover about him by staying where I am? Yes, because it is 1982. Uh, you don't have any internet. You don't have any mobile phone. You'd have to go, like, to the library, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now, what the hell? Come on, let's get on that plane. No, all right. We're doing it. We're doing it. Um, we're going to leave for Bangkok tonight. Here we go. Twelve hours later, you're boarding a flight to Bangkok. You've wired ahead to your friend Ning about your trip. Ning was a Thai exchange student at your school three years ago, and the two of you became good friends. If nothing else comes to this search for Jim Thompson, at least you'll enjoy seeing Ning. So hang on, three three years ago, I was, three years ago I was at school. Hmm. Yet earlier on, I'd discovered some... I'd solved some mystery ten years previously or something. Well, you're a very early starter in this detection. I was I was a child detective, OK. Right. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, carry on. <laughs> me and my old buddy Ning, I've wired him, yeah. Yeah, OK. Um, shortly after takeoff, you fall sound asleep. You are awakened many hours later by the sound of the flight attendant's voice announcing your final approach into Bangkok. It's raining lightly, and you remember that it's still the monsoon season here when it rains on and off every day your poncho should come in handy now colin as you as you always point out you are a a master of accents oh no you, you you've cleverly skipped over yeah what, what would that uh thai member of staff sound like doing that announcement what's saying about the things below that uh, as you go into bangkok yeah you're not gonna give us the accent no. No. okay Look out below, there's a temple down there. Mind out, it's it's monsoon season. They they spent a bit of time they spent a bit of time in Yorkshire. The... Between between Thailand and Rotherham. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's that's what they sound like, yeah. don't you? Don't don't try it with me, Rob. <laughs> Rob, the the listeners won't see this, but there's a nice drawing here on this page. Um, So you're going to meet Ning now, and Ning is a lady. This is you hugging Ning, look. Look at that. Oh, hello, Ning. So maybe it's it's a bit more than friendship. I don't know. The air inside the Bangkok airport is hot and steamy. Hello, bet it is. Um... But it's <laughs> the case of the silk kimono. Right, okay then. Um, by the time you clear customs, your clothes are soaking with sweat. Easy, Rob. Calm down a bit. Can you just... Uh, you're, you're, you push through the glass doors on the arrival area outside. It is chaos. People run back and forth. Cars honking, children crying. It's better than children honking, I suppose. <laughs> I'm sweaty, I'm honking. Yeah. Uh, rickshaws are everywhere. They battle with the imposing black limousines for parking spaces and customers. You're heading for a cab stand when a familiar voice behind you says, Welcome to Thailand! <laughs> F*** me, Johnny Vegas is working in Thailand. 
<laughs> Welcome to Thailand, monkey. <laughs> you whip around. Ning, you exclaim, hugging your friend. She gives you the warmest, welcoming smile. Thailand, after all, is known as the land of smiles. So, you came to Thailand to look for Jim Thompson, Nick. Ding asks. Though this time, with a different kind of smile. What does that mean? I don't know. Is she having a stroke? Yes, but I'm afraid I don't know very much about him yet. My assignment came up suddenly and mysteriously. I had to leave before I had a chance to research the case you answer. I have an offer to make that may interest you then, Ning says. Just by chance, I'm going to the Cameron Highlands this weekend to visit friends. That's the resort in Malaysia, where Thompson originally disappeared. I came out here this morning to invite you along. It may be a good place to start your research. <laughs> but but if you don't want to come, I could arrange a meeting for you and a mystery writer my parents know. Sen Singh has studied the Thompson case inside and out for years. He knows more about Thompson disappearing than anyone else in Bangkok. So, it's, it's your choices, Rob. I'm really enjoying Ning's accent. You could say to Ning, I love to go to Malaysia with you, right? Or you could say to Ning, I'd rather talk to Mr. Singh and recover from my flight. Hmm. It's that old classic conundrum, Ning or Singh. <laughs> um, that's right. That's right. It is. I, want yeah. to, I want to throw caution to the wind and get off, go off to Malaysia. But I'd mm. love to hear Mr. Singh's accent. So uh, let's let's meet Mr. Singh, please. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, look, look. Accents aside, what are the pros and cons? If you go to see Mr. Singh, you might get some more information because he knows about the case more than anyone. But then, mm. you know, if you go to Malaysia, that's where he disappeared. But I, I trust. Um, I trust Ning's recommendations. Mm. Yeah, and if uh, if she said in that beautiful tone of hers that I should uh, chat to Sing, right. if Ning says Sing, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right. Well, uh, with that, As my Rick... old mum used to say. <laughs> so we're going to go and see Mr. Sing to talk about Thompson. Yeah. Before, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's do it. Here He's we go. probably not got a tiger that's going to eat me, so... Ning goes to a phone booth and calls Sing. He agrees to talk and invites you over that afternoon at one o'clock. My plane to Malaysia leaves in a couple hours, Ning tells you, so I'm afraid I can't come, but I'll call on Monday as soon as I'm back. I hope Mr Singh can help. Hmm, she's off, right. You thank your friend and grab a cab. Why do all these things in this book rhyme? <laughs> By the time you reach the Oriental Hotel in downtown Bangkok, you have just enough time for a shower and a change of clothes before going on to Mr. Singh's. His house is number 13 on a quiet tree-lined street, just a few yards from a bustling avenue. You ring the bell and Mr. Singh himself answers. <laughs> oh, Right, welcome. You must be Ning's friend. He, Mr. Singh has lived in Glasgow for a little bit. Please come in and sit down. Mr. Singh ushers you into uh, a living room filled with antique Thai furniture and an impressive collection of carved wooden Buddhas. He waves you into a chair. 
Studying that Jim Thompson case has been a favourite hobby of mine for years, he begins. What would you like to know? He's very angry, isn't he? <laughs> for starters, Mr Singh, why are you so angry? <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'd like to know. For starters, I'd like to know more about the disappearance himself, you reply. A servant enters with tea and cakes, whilst Mr Singh begins. There's so much information in this book and not enough choices. Okay. Jim Thompson was staying with friends in the Cameron Highlands for Easter when he disappeared, Singh tells you. From all accounts, it was perfectly typical type of house and partying that weekend. Who were the hosts, you ask? Helen and TJ Ling, Mr. Singh replies. Sorry, so we've now got Ning, Singh and Ling. <laughs> Nin Singh and TJ Ling. <laughs> oh... Thanks, carry on. Yeah, thank you. Um, Singh continues. On Saturday, they did the usual things. Of course they did. <laughs> they did the usual things, did Singh, Ming and TK Ling. Like shopping, a walk, a large lunch, a long nap and a dinner party that night. On Sunday, the four went to Easter services before leaving on a picnic. And the picnic is the first time that anyone remembers anything being odd. Like what, you ask? Thompson normally enjoys trips like that, but he seemed particularly restless this time, Mr Singh answers. He insisted on returning early. When they got back, they all decided to take naps. But when the other three woke up, Thompson was gone. I myself favour the idea that Jim was kidnapped, Mr Singh answers. You begin to feel dizzy and you have trouble focusing. Excuse me, Mr Singh, you say, standing up. But before you can finish your sentence, the room starts to feel fuzzy and fades. Finally, it dissolves. What is going on? You, you seem to have collapsed. Have I been murdered already? I don't know. So you had tea and cake. And now it says you saw lines, the room felt fuzzy, and finally it dissolves. What's going on? Am I going into a diabetic coma? <laughs> Too much cake. I mean, you've gone down that route. I think he might have drugged your tea. Could be. Could be. You wake up in a small, dimly lit room. You're lying on a bed. Your hands and feet are tied. And you've been gagged. What? Yeah. Mr. Singh sits on another bed watching you. <laughs> Hello. That's a bit creepy. <laughs> so, you think you can find Jim Thompson, do you? He says sarcastically. I've been researching Jim's case for 19 years. I'm not going to let some lousy kid do it before I do. You try and talk, but nothing comes out. Mr. Singh stands to leave. Behave, and you won't get hurt. Any tricks, and you'll be a dead duck, he snarls. Over the next few days, Mr. Singh keeps you well fed. He also gives you injections that make you drowsy all day. This has gone really dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, it's a book for eight to ten year olds, everyone. Um, yeah. You are awake just long enough to figure out that Singh's house is currently the headquarters of a huge search effort. Police come and go at all hours of the night. The phone rings non-stop and you frequently hear the sound of Thompson's name. Choice coming up, thank the lordy lord. All right. On the fourth day, the servant who brings you your dinner shakes you awake, but instead of feeding you, he begins to untie your ropes. A spasm of fear grips your stomach. Maybe Singh has decided to do away with you after all. Now, um, you're being untied by the sound of it, and you've got some choices to make here, Rob. Right? Right. 
you could decide to run for it as soon as your feet are untied. Or you could decide to wait for a better chance to escape. See, I'm figuring it's going to go, ah, oh, you managed to untie the ropes, your feet are free, you run straight out of the house into the mouth of a tiger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm hoping we do meet a tiger, but maybe not that way. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I think I'm going to go for it. I'm going to, I'm going to leg it. Really? Yeah. Even though you've been drugged for a few days, and I don't think... I mean, I can't run at the best of times, but if I'd been drugged for a few days, I'd be absolutely useless at it. True. Oh. Mm. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not tr- choosing for you. I'm just saying I'd be really wobbly and fall over. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. I'll go, oh, you could escape. You run out of the house, get eaten by a tiger. Mm. Or you wait for a better opportunity. Mr. Singh come home and <laughs> shoots you in the face. It's, uh, it could go wrong either way. Is this gun ho nature going to be your downfall? I wonder, Rob. I don't know. All right, come on then. Let's play it safe. We'll uh, we'll stay and wait for a better chance to escape. When the servant has finished untying your ropes, he motions you to be silent and to climb on his back. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He carries you down the back stairs. You see, you are you are still drugged. He carries you down the back stairs and out to one of the narrow walkways that uh, crisscrosses Bangkok at the rear of Singh's house. Ning is waiting in a long-tail motorboat at the water's edge. Ning, you whisper, what are you doing here? No time to talk now. Let's get going, she replies. I think you're escaping, Rob. I think you're escaping. Excellent. As soon as you're in the boat, the servant gives it a stiff push and darts into the bushes. Ning starts to paddle. You are 100 feet away when huge floodlights come on all over the house. Singh has found out you're gone. He runs down to the boathouse, followed by two thugs. They jump into a boat like yours, and a motor zings to life. Ning drops the paddles and starts up the engine. The chase is on! Oh my god. Ning has a good lead, but Mr. Singh's boat is gaining. As it gets closer, he begins to shoot. Me arm! Ning gasps in pain. She's been hit! You grab the steering wheel. Are you okay? You shout above the din. Don't say din, because it's Ning, Sin and Din. Ning nods. (laughs) (laughs) Ning nods. She's making a tourniquet out of an old rag in the bottom of the boat. Just then, another shot whizzes by, only inches from your ear. You open up to full throttle, and the boat bursts forward. You turn a sharp corner. It's hard to see that in the dark, but there seems to be a marsh straight ahead. You might have time to disappear inside it and kill the engine before Singh comes around the corner after you. <sighs> and breathe. Now, Rob. God, this is suspenseful. Now, you have a choice to make. So do you try hiding or just carry on bolting down the river? I think just keep going. Get the heck out of there. Do you reckon? Yeah. All right, we're not going to deliberate. We're just going to go for it because I feel sorry for I feel sorry for Johnny Vegas um, with it, with her arm shot as well. I feel sorry for her. So we need to we need to get her some help as well, don't we? Yeah. We're not far from the other river. Ning yells over the roar of the motor as you speed past the marsh. We'll lose them there. It twists past several large, elegant houses, some modern, some traditional Thai. You glimpse a huge trellis of orchids in one yard. The large, creamy blossoms (laughs) seem to glow in the night. (laughs) Stop it. 
Next, next you notice a paved courtyard of a Buddhist temple that uh, steps right down to the water. Thailand seems to be ever more exotic during the night than it did in the day. But you push those thoughts from your mind. Singh is in hot pursuit and up ahead you spot your escape route. As you zoom on into the open water, you turn your head to see Singh is close behind. Ning screams, but it's too late. You smack right into one of the huge houseboats used to bring rice down from the north. You and Ning are thrown into the air and your boat is smashed to pieces. You try swimming to shore, but the river is swollen from the monsoon rain. No one can see you in the dark. Finally, you give up in exhaustion, letting the river carry you out to sea and to your deaths. Arthur. The end. Well, it lasted a bit longer this time. A bit longer, yeah. There was no tigers involved, which is a shame. Yeah. See, yeah, when, when I got to the steps of the temple, I was thinking, yeah, we're going to find him there in his monk disguise. No, get smashed to pieces and drown. Hmm. Well, Rob, there you go. Again, the case of the Silk King, the title uh, of the thing we never got to actually see. Yeah, we didn't get to see a king or any silk. No. We just got chased up a river and smashed to pieces. That's the breaks. Yeah, I mean, are you you, uh, regretting some of your decisions now? Maybe in the hiding in the marshes would have worked out better for you. Can we find out? Well, yeah, okay. Can we do look at what you could have won? We definitely can do a balls, I think, because they often gave speedboats away, didn't they? So, yeah. All right. Rewind selector. You steer the boat straight into the marsh and kill the engine. The reeds tear at your face, but the swampy marsh proves an ideal hiding spot. A few seconds later, Singh's boat speeds by. He doesn't even glance in your direction. How did you figure out I'd been kidnapped? You ask Ning as soon as Singh's boat disappears. I called the hotel. They said you checked in but never returned, Ning replies. So I knew something had happened to you Friday afternoon. Mr. Singh swore he had no idea where you were, but I bribed one of the servants. and He told me the truth and I agreed to help rescue you. Singh is crazy. He has a huge search for Thompson on the way, you tell Ning. The reason he kidnapped me was to prevent me from finding Thompson first. Right, we need to go up to a river in Bangkok. We can get there by a boat tonight. Tonight, you ask in wonder. But what about your arm? Me arm's fine, Ning responds. I was planning to camp in a boat anyway. We can't go back to my house or the hotel. Singh will be looking for us there. Okay, you urge. Let's untangle the reeds from this propeller and get going. Right, so, it sounds like Ning knows where to go to help find Mm. Thompson. But as I try and untie the reeds from the propeller, I get my arm chopped off and we all die again. (laughs) You navigate the boat out of the marsh and onto the open river, but this river is swollen from the monsoon rains and the currents are tricky. Your progress upstream towards the city is slow. Just when you think your arm will fall off from steering, Ning directs you over to a small dock at the river's edge. This dock belongs to a bird sanctuary, <laughs> Ning tells you. Sometimes the boatlandaris come out to take a look. It will be safe to sleep here for the night. Whilst Ning 
rebinds her wound. You check out the supplies she's brought. You rig up a tarp to keep out the rain and lay sleeping mats on the floor of the boat. You're settling in to sleep when a flash of light in a forest grabs your attention. You watch carefully. The light flashes again. Ning, did you see that light? What light? She asks, turning around. A flashing light in the jungle back there. You point towards the bird sanctuary. Oh, it's probably just fireflies. Let's go to sleep, she says drowsily. Now, Rob, you have a choice to make. You could go and look for the source of the light. Or you could follow Ning's example and go to sleep. They'd have to be pretty big fireflies to create the kind of bang that it describes. Mm. Sounds um, like a firework. Firework on the yeah. fireflies. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a little nap. I mean, we, me and me and Ning have had quite a day of it. So uh, uh, right. let's cuddle up. She's got a shot arm, Rob. You can't get all cheeky with her. Really... No, I'm not getting. I'm not getting cheeky. I'm just. Um, oh, okay. Just gonna have a little nap. <laughs> okay. All right. So, little nap. Um, Ning's example. Try and go to sleep. Okay. Are we sure? Yeah. At dawn, you all die in your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, don't. Um, Maybe. All right. At dawn, you wake up suddenly. Standing on the dock is an old man dressed in monk's robes. (gasps) Who are you? You stutter in a frightened voice. But the next thing you know, he's vanished. You jump up. Wait, you yell, running down the dock towards the jungle. Where did he go? You stumble around the jungle, but you can't find the monk anywhere. Half an hour later, you return to the boat. Where were you? Asked Ning, rubbing her eyes. I saw a monk here. He was standing right next to the boat, you tell her. Then he just disappeared. I looked for him in the jungle, but all I found were mosquitoes, you add, scratching your neck. You were probably dreaming, Ning says. Let's get going. You travel onto the city and spend a week searching for Thompson, but with no luck. You decide to return to Bangkok, but on the night before you leave, you wake up with a fever and chills. The next day, the doctor diagnoses a case of malaria, probably caught from one of the mosquitoes in the bird sanctuary. It's off the hospital. It's off the hospital with you, Rob. You search for Thompson has finally finished. The end. So even when the option is just have a nap, you still end up dying. You've got malaria. You've got malaria. I'm going to say, Rob, and uh, I'll throw it out there, that these books are not your forte. No. No. This means I've got to come back again now and hope for a third time lucky where I can actually survive for a while. Yeah, I really want you to meet a tiger as well. I mean, I don't know if any, is there are any more books coming up with tigers in, but so far you've been killed because of tigers but never met one. Yeah. Yeah, the poachers have had me and now the mosquitoes have had me. Right, well, thank you, Rob. What a, what a fun... Uh, it was fun, actually. What a fun adventure. Mm. Um, thanks, Rob. What did you prefer more? The uh, Yeti adventure or on the case for this Jim Thompson fella? I mean, this one was at least longer. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we, we, had a, we had a bit more fun. Uh, yeah, the poachers, that was, that was pretty unforgiving. That was like eight <laughs> minutes and dead. At mm. least I got to go around and have some drugs and go around in a, in a speedboat and... Watch Johnny Vegas shit got shot. So uh, yeah, <laughs> this was yeah a bit more adventure, more enjoyable, definitely. 
I tell you what I liked. There was the first time that's happened in one of these books for uh, for me anyway. Is a, is a, like a chase, a James mm. Bond style chase. Yeah. yeah I hope you're getting some pretty... uh, dramatic chase music in for that. Oh, I will. I will. We we we've heard it. It was good. It was good. Uh, Rob, thank you for being in the Voyager. I think the final thing to do uh, to finish off the podcast. What is going to be your dying words? to Ning, Mr. Singh. Uh, what's your dying words on your hospital bed as you slowly pass away from malaria? I'd say Ning, Singh, Ling, what have we learned? Not a thing. I think that's beautiful. We've learned that whatever I try and do, I end up dead. <laughs> you know it's true. Everything I do... I do it for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Voyage of the Page Turner Featured the books by Shannon Gilligan Hosted by Colin Lego Featuring special guest Rob Tofield Voiceover by Samuel Thomas Produced by Colin Lego Special thanks to Ant McGinley You could find us on Instagram and Twitter at Page Turner Show. Find us, message us, like us. Until we meet next time, remember, choose wisely.